Hey everyone, this is Posty Posterson, and I've got Super Deluxe Special Edition number 75 for you tonight. We're getting awfully close to that 100 mark, so if you've been a patron for a while, thank you so much for continuing to support this show. If you are a relatively new patron hearing this, thanks so much for signing up. I know Scoots works so hard on the show, and... There's a few of us editors and musicians, other creative people that he works with, so your support helps keep all of those gears turning. Thank you again, and let's hop into the 75th edition of Super Deluxe Special Edition Sleeping Me Podcast. Super Deluxe. Uh, I took an episode that recently aired um, where Scooter talked about reading some novels by an author named Robert Ludlum. And uh, in case you don't know, he writes, he wrote uh, the Bourne series. So I was listening to that episode and I was thinking, what haven't we done on a Super Deluxe yet? We've been to space a few times, we've been underwater, we've listened to my cat purring. We've done all sorts of different kinds of music, but I was thinking we've never really done anything kind of Eastern flavored. And a lot of the sort of borny narratives, when I watch those films, a lot of the music has that sort of vibe to it. So I wanted to see if I could make a bit of a sleepy soundtrack with some Eastern vibes. As Scooter tells you about his experiences reading a lot of Robert Ludlum's books. This one's a little different tonight, but I hope it can help you get some sleep. Thanks again for supporting the show. This is just one of the ways we like to say thanks. Stay safe. I hope you're well. And good night. This is a new, you know, some listeners like uh, really boring content. Some listeners like content with a little bit of imagination. And some listeners like uh, the stuff with the personal touch or purple touch. I wish I had the purple touch. Uh, uh, If there was the story of King Scooter, it'd be the king with the purple touch. 
but actually that was Prince, so, so I can't really, it was, so, so Prince was the one with the purple touch. Uh, but where was I? So, uh, so I had this idea for a new, like occasional, uh, whatever, tr trending style, I guess, yeah, kind of trending style episode with a little personal touch to it. I don't think it's quite, this is quite the right title, but I think it did I read it or something. Uh, like, I think Letterman wants to, David Letterman, who some people might not be familiar with, uh, but uh, David Letterman did a will it float once upon a time. But this is Did I Read It, which I guess was similar to Tale of the Tape, uh, but uh, Did I Read It, but I thought I'd do it in a way. And I, I guess wondering where I came up with this idea. So we'll, we'll unpack that. We'll talk about the first author we're going to be featuring, which will be very unexpected to, to most of you. And I'll talk about that. So let's get started. So I don't know how I thought of this. So I, I know I thought of this recently because I was walking the dog and I was thinking about this author. Walking Koa. Sorry, excuse me. She corrected me. She said, the dog. And I said, no, the dog. Like, it, it underscore, underlined with quotes. Uh, and uh, then she sighed. So, okay. So, I was thinking about this. Uh, uh, so, I don't know. Something happened. My brain thought of something. Then I walked the dog. Uh, then I was thinking again about the thing I'd been thinking about, which in this case was an author in a book and saying, huh, you kind of barely remember that book. Uh, then I said, huh, I wonder, I, I had thought about this before in some way because it's kind of like a part of my childhood or my my teen years. Oh boy. At least people, you could wake up tomorrow or in the community so around the show say, wow, boy, did you hear about Scoots talking about his teen years last night? It really was a snoozer. Holy cow, I thought it was going to be, be revelatory. And it was. Uh, it just underscored, you know, why we appreciate that he makes a sleep podcast. I'm pretty sure it was my teen years. It might have even been, it might have even been in my 20s. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, not 100% sure on that. But so, I don't know how much time we'll have for this author now that I'm trying to unpack all this. Uh, so I thought it'd be a, and this may be a two-parter, uh, possibly. Though I just started a book, so I wonder if this author is even in the li like in the library for eBooks. You know, I mean, I know you could probably purchase it. Again, I'm not trying to throw any shade either. I'm just, just trying to buy time for my brain to remember what made me think of this author. I mean, the author is. Uh, has a few blockbuster movies, none that have come out in the last, uh, I think the last movie probably came out four or five years ago. Maybe there's one more coming, I don't know. Really good movies, uh, or pretty good, depending on what you like. Uh, I don't know, maybe, this is the only thing I can think of, and this is really a, a stretch, and I'm not even positive. And here's a question, who doesn't love John Krasinski, John Krasinski, right, or is it Josh, uh, I mean, I do, and uh, yeah. So I know on Amazon Prime, which I think is what I used to watch a couple shows for the podcast. There's been ads for his uh, uh, Tom Clancy show, Jack Ryan. And this isn't about Tom Clancy, though. So, to, like, spoiler. Uh, 
And I said, okay, one day I'd like to watch that show. And I actually know somebody that's a big Clancy fan. So I said, why don't you, have you watched that? Here's a strange code at all that is that. So I was uh, visiting a family recently for a couple nights. Uh, and one night I didn't realize my dad was a big uh, Jack Ryan fan. And season two had just started. Talk about uh, something somebody should be paying. Hey, Bissos, send me a check for this, all right? Uh, but so, so I watched a couple episodes. I did enjoy it, like a great cast, uh, as I said. Uh, and my my dad really likes it. So my mom slept through it, but I think she'll probably watch him again because he was talking to her even though she was asleep about about uh, everything. It was like watching it. I don't know if people watch TV very often with their parents, and I don't want to make generalizations. Uh, uh, but it was a bit like watching it with a, like a DVD, whatever, the, the second. So there was the main audio, and then there was the, my dad's commentary, which was more expository or uh, revelatory or, uh, what is that, RFQ, request, request, for RFI, request for information from my mom who was sleeping, saying, okay, Wait, is that? And I said, like, and actually, it was an unspoiler because when they first started the episode, it might, it was season two, episode two. And he tried to fill me in on everything, yeah, which probably, like, uh, and then the person they thought was up to no good, actually, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that person was not. Uh, so that actually added more tension for me in a good way. And then I said, well, this character's somewhat likable. I'm surprised uh, uh, that that... Uh, and then I said, I'm confused at what that character's up to, if they're up to no good. Yeah, if you're a fan of The Wire, you'll be happy with some of the casting. Uh, there's also a character that I always remind, like uh, an actor. Unfortunately, I don't remember the gentleman's name. But he always reminds me of like one of my friend's dads uh, that when I first met them, I wasn't too sure about them because they like coach sports. And then I came around on them, but never 100%. Uh, that's like Jack Ryan's, like uh, one of his bosses. Uh, you say, I want to like you and trust you, and I kind of do. Like 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 magnetism and like at the same time, uh, like saying, huh. Like, uh, so, and he's got a great voice. So, where was I? So, that's, that has nothing to do with that. So, uh, that may have been what triggered me. I'm trying, trying to think of, like, what else it could have been that triggered... It didn't trigger me. <laughs> I mean, that guy, that good dude does a little bit. Uh, but uh, that is said, huh. Then I was walking the dog, and then I thought about this author. Maybe it was just when I had a list of ideas for the podcast. I don't know. But I thought of this author that I read almost every book of theirs. It could have been also that another author, I guess this was more it, uh, that I've read a lot of another author. In the last two years, I've read a lot of books by one author. And I think I read three uh, out of the last, uh, not not now, I've read, read other books since then. But uh, at the time I thought of this idea... Out of the last four books I read, three were by the same author. And I started to kind of see the archetypes of that author's writing, which you would only notice uh, if you've read a lot of those books in a row. 
where you say, okay, like I still like enjoy this, but I kind of see, oh, okay, this is a, a theme. That, I mean, probably the same for people who listen to the podcast, right? And I guess that was it. So sorry about that, John and uh, Jack, John and Jack. Uh, John and Jack, is, is that the same name too, huh? Also very tall. John Krasinski is very tall. Uh, like, uh, compare, like even my dad during his commentary was commenting on how much taller he is than all the other characters. So it turns out Jack, Jack Ryan's tall too. Also, Jack Ryan's been portrayed by many people. Alec Baldwin, uh, John, John Krasinski, or Josh. Uh, uh, I should know that because there was one time I was listening to a podcast when Juno came out. Uh, and he was talking, uh, never mind, now I'm never going to remember any of this. Jason Bateman, actually. He was talking about Jason Bateman going to Jason Bateman's house uh and Jason Bateman giving him a hard time because he had ankle socks on. I mean, as a friend, like that Jason Bateman's so friendly and gregarious. Oh, it's gregarious. Thanks, Jason. Glad you're here to keep an eye on my, like, uh, but that, uh, so, so anyway, I was thinking of this author. So I'd, maybe that was it. I'd read all these other books recently and I started to see some patterns emerging with this one author and it reminded me of the first time this happened to me. Uh, that I know of was when I undertook uh, a reading, and actually this was when you had to buy books in the bookstore, and this author was not a, not all their books were, now you might see them in a used bookstore, but at the time, they think they just did a reprint of all of their books uh, in mass market paperback. Also, this was in the 90s, but the books I think were all uh, a very 80s and 90s author, Robert Ludlum. And at some point in the 90s, I guess it was like uh, I like decided I was going to try to read all of uh, Robert Ludlum's books that were currently out because I enjoyed one or two. Like, I enjoyed them, and then I read, like, I read them to where I was like, like, I read too many in a row. It must have been in the night. Maybe it was in, like, because like, it was also like uh, I was reading a lot of them, like, when I was working like I'd be on a break or something or waiting for somebody and I would read a like I'd just keep a book especially a mass market paperback you could keep with you at all times and I did really enjoy them and so I was going to go through I was going to tell you a little bit more about Robert Ludlum I did do a basic vetting because they said what if this guy like I don't know like I said I haven't heard anything about him because he passed away like maybe like 15-20 years ago uh, but I did say, like, what if, uh, you know, he's not the, the greatest guy or something? Uh, but he seems like it, he was... Uh, so so I'll do a little bit of it. I definitely didn't read all his books. Uh, and I'll talk about him. Then I'll talk about uh, my first experience, my first Ludlum experience, Holy Mackerel. And then maybe run through... Then, like, with the remaining time... Like, I'll make a proposal, and then I'll run through some other books and see. I'm hoping I could, like, just go by the, like, go to the cover art, too. Uh, but this is from Wikipedia. Robert Ludlum, it's spelled L-U-D-L-U-M. 1927 to 2001. Now he's up there, uh, 
you know, uh, having adventures in the sky. Uh, author of 27 thriller novels. Uh, and then we'll talk about the most famous ones in a second. But the number of copies of his books in print is somewhere between 300 million and 500 million. Uh, 33 languages it's been published in, 40 countries, also written under the pseudonyms Jonathan Ryder and Michael Shepard. Uh, he's born in New York and uh, lived uh, in, also in Naples, uh, went to Wesleyan, uh, let's see, New York City, uh, his maternal grandparents were English, uh, uh, got a BA in drama. Um, uh, set one of his novels at the fictitious, like a fictional Carlisle University, like uh, which was like Wesleyan. Uh, he was a, r a marine uh, and a theater actor and producer. He did the shows in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Uh, Playhouse on the Mall at Bergen Mall in Paramus, New Jersey. And uh, that might have uh, helped his understanding of uh, energy, escapism, and action that the public wanted in novels. Uh, he once said, I equate a suspense a good theater in a similar way. Uh, I guess I'm theatrical. And many of his novels have been made into films and miniseries. Uh, which I don't think I've seen any of them except for one, one, one. one. Uh, yeah, miniseries. Uh, yep. Uh, all those storylines depart significantly from source material. Uh, during the 70s, lived in Leona, New Jersey, where he spent uh, hours a day writing. Uh, let's see. So let's see when he wrote his first book. So 1927... Let's see when his first book was published, uh, 77. So again, a perfect example of the, the falseness of you can't have a third act. Uh, uh, now, writing analysis and criticism, this is according to Wikipedia, though. They're typically like a heroic novels, uh, like, uh, what do you call that, with an Uber, whatever they call that, Uber-type uh, and I think this is where, after reading a bunch in a row, I kind of uh, fell out of, uh, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't remember, like, uh, I just had too much, like, uh, much like my relationship with, like, sweets and stuff, uh, where I say, did I tell you, I don't think, like, this, I'm recording this before the holidays, 2019, and I never thought I'd say this, but I don't think I can drink any eggnog this year. I had too much of it the last two years or three years, uh. So much like, like, so anyway, again, like going against, this is very like Cold War and post, post-Cold War. And I think he was one of the people that was able to make that jump to like say, well, what can we, what fictional device uh, can we use to replicate the power of the Cold War espionage to create thrillers? Uh, like what other kind of like uh, super baddies can we make? Uh, so basically, yeah, that's it. Um, oh, that's a filmography. Interesting. Oh, so that wasn't when his first book was published. That was uh, when uh, the first book was made into a movie. It was when he was 50. So I don't know. We'll have to find his bibliography. It's supposed to be in three. 
Oh, yeah, so I gotta click on it. That's why. Oh, but it was 1971. And I think, yeah, so he was still, like, uh, in his 40s. Uh, so, yeah, 27 plus to 71 is... Uh, 50 years would be 77. 40 years would be 67. So, 44. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, Looks like he put out a book almost every year. A uh, couple of years, there was a little bit more uh, time between them. And I think uh, uh, now he's kind of a brand, uh, which we, we, we know. Well, I know because uh, I, I, like as a librarian, uh, when I was working in a library, there was a lot of requests, especially for his newer books. Uh, based on his characters under the Ludlum brand. It looks like, yeah, even, uh, he wrote a couple, co-wrote co a couple books, uh, and then, uh, in the two, 2000, the aughts, uh, and then, uh, uh, then became a brand with other people writing, uh, uh under his, uh, his thing, which is pretty common now. And this is interesting because there's a lot. I didn't realize how extended his universe had become. Uh, so that's interesting. So, so I guess the, so. The first Ludlum book I read was definitely probably something my dad had read and left lying around in the summer. Wow. So it had to be. It was. It was after 1990. Uh, so it wasn't the like like some point after 1990 because it came out in 1990. Uh, and actually, I'm seeing a bunch of them that I read. I, I see another one my dad had probably in, uh, one that had he had in paperback and one he had in, uh, uh so I can see the first three uh, to five books I read. Uh, but I'm almost positive the first book I read was, uh, well, now I'm confused, uh, because I said, well, it could have been... Uh, this other book, uh, but I'm pretty sure the first one I read was a book called The Born Ultimatum, which was a movie, a series of three films with uh, Matt Damon, right? And, uh, but the book is not very, and it, and it was the third book in the Jason Bourne series, but it was the first book I read, which you don't necessarily, that's the cool thing about these books, uh, is, uh, I don't know. So I, I definitely read this one first, or second, or third. But it's the first one I always remember, because I very, like, I only remember the end of the book, for the most part. And so the character is similar to Matt Damon's character, but this was set in the 90s, so it's a much different setting than the films. Uh, uh, but, like, an ultra-able uh, hero... Uh, with nearly superhuman abilities, even though he's supposed to be human. And Jason Bourne had, like, a sworn enemy that I don't think is in the movies, uh, Carlos the Jackal, uh, which became, I think, like almost like a meme back in the 90s. Uh, I'm not sure if it was actually a real thing, too, or, or, or maybe, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, but I remember in this third book, uh, what was cool was... Uh, and I'll have to reread that one. Like, so, uh, like, Jason Bourne was somebody that, like, uh, you know, much like other heroes, even superheroes, was like, uh, oh, we're going to make you into, like, the, uh, how do I explain this in a sleepy context? 
they, someone discovers this person has like aptitude for her, her heroism, and they say, "Oh, okay, well, we'll do like uh, we're gonna um, take your memory and make it a little bit hazy to to make give you ultimate training uh, to be the ultimate hero." So there's usually, like, they don't have a lot of memories or they're trying to, like, one part of their character arc is, like, trying to connect with uh, who they thought they were or who they originally loved or reviving their fragmented memories. And also then the A stories a lot of times, like, a world stakes, you know, so something's like the world balance or something is at stake, but also their human balance is at stake. And I think in the Bourne Ultimatum, it was the ultimate, like, uh, Jason Bourne adventure. I think it might have been supposed to be the last one. And so in this story, the only thing I really remember, and I'm not, I mean, that I, so it's like, do, do I remember this book? Uh, I remember reading it and saying, wow, this is cool. And the coolest part was the set piece at the end. So I think in 1990, my, my history's horrible. Uh, but I'll assume that was like uh, uh, during, as things were changing, the end of the Cold War or the slow wind down uh, after the Cold War. Uh, so the, the uh, yeah, so it was written with, uh, with still some Cold War aesthetic and... It, the, the the so set piece at the end it was like I think it was like Carlos ja- the Jackal and the KGB were working together, and Jason probably they had some per- personal stake for Jason Bourne. You know to say, well, you just like let us take over the world, or else we'll use this personal stake against you. Yeah, but uh, he, he he ends at this KGB training facility, which was kind of like. A, Unbelievably cool to me, and like just imagining it, because uh, it was like set up like it was huge, and it was like all these different towns. It might even had a fake theme park where you could train. I think t- to be like undercover. I don't know if this happens in the Americans. I'll have to watch. That's on my list of things to watch. Uh, but so, and th- that's basically the book. Uh, they end up ruining the whole place as they uh, go after one another. Oh, whoops, I clicked on the wrong book, even though I remember that one, too. So this one, The Born Ultimatum, came out in 1990. And I think this is a version, uh, the first edition, I don't think I read the first edition, though, because uh, it looks kind of familiar, but only because... Uh, I wonder if there's uh, other editions. There's two... Oh, yeah, maybe there's a paperback. This must be the hardback version. So let me... I'm going to open up uh, two different things here. Okay, I did find... I think I found the... I wonder if they re-released the book, like, uh, with the... Like, with the plot from the Jason Bourne movie, because the plots are nothing alike, as far as I know. Looks like there's actually a lot of older ones, too. Or maybe they were released in other worlds. Uh, but this one, uh, let's see, what is it? Bantam Books is the one I read. The, the mass market uh, paperback. And Ludlum, I assume, was like a really big deal because his name is like 10 times bigger than the. Like, it's like. A, it's, it takes up most. Like, it takes up 50. No, it takes up like 60% of the cover, I'd say. It says number one New York Times bestseller. 
uh, Robert Ludlum. Then it has a picture of a shell, which I think was like something like the Nautilus. I don't know. It somehow symbolizes Jason Bourne. Uh, then the Capitol Dome, and then a, a railroad uh, tie or railroad spike. And none of that rings a bell about the book. So this would be one I, I should reread. Uh, uh, but yeah, so let's see. Any any other stuff that we need to know about this book? I mean, mostly it's about the um, thing. I know it's nothing like the movie. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I don't really remember anything about it. So that doesn't really do us any good for much uh, other than... Uh, that was the first book I read. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the ending. It was like a real big set piece... Uh, which, again, wouldn't make sense in a movie. Maybe they redid it another way. I don't know. Like, because they really don't remember much about the movies either, other than they, like, use technology and, and uh, like, they, they were really thrilling. It just, my, my brain doesn't remember them. I'm surprised it came out in 2007 was the last Bourne movie. Um, but so the second, so that would have been either the first or the second or the third book I read. This other book, uh, was another sequel, it looks like, um, that I would have read. It came out around the same time. This was 1992. And this one, uh, oh yeah, this maybe this was the first or the second one, because this was like a comedic thriller, The Road to Omaha. And it was a sequel to, a, maybe this was what got me into it, because uh, that was kind of my thing, was like, at this point I'd already read... Uh, you know, Hitchhikers, and I had read some uh, Vonnegut. So I was really, like, uh, it was funny that then I, well, like, those two things, the next thing I know, I'm reading Ludlum nonstop. Uh, but I don't know. So this was a comedic thriller. It sounds a little bit problematic to me, The like, uh, Sam Army lawyer Sam Devereaux, who gets caught up in the schemes of General Mackenzie the Hawk Hawkins. Uh, the cover was like a, of an eagle, and it says a road to uh, Omaha. Uh, it, it has to do, and the eagle has a Native American headdress on. So as I say, this seems a little problematic. Uh, it can, it's a sequel to the book The Road to Gandolfo. Uh, Hawk has discovered a long-forgotten treaty between the U.S. government and a tribe of Native Americans uh, uh, for the uh, for the state of Omaha, or the land underneath the state of Omaha, uh, which includes a bunch of... Uh, it's giving away the plot because I don't remember anything about this. Uh, and this is according to Wikipedia, which includes like a couple big uh, air bases. And I guess... Uh, the uh, hawk tries to bring a suit against the United States uh, to give the land to the tribe. Uh, Devereaux, who was retired, is now representing them. And that's about it. Let's see if we have any other information here. Uh, it came out in 92. Paperback came out in 93. I think my dad had the hardcover of this book. He might still have it uh, somewhere. And so then I probably would have read Road to Gandolfo next, uh, just because that's, you know, that's kind of how I roll. Uh, and now the Road to Gandolfo was written under a pseudonym, Michael Shepard. 
and yeah, it was about the hawk, Hawkins, and uh, uh, he uh, gets kicked out of the army. Oh, this one I definitely read because he just goes to, to like uh, he's over the top, uh, the hawk. And the only person that can help him is Sam Devereaux, uh, who gets caught up in his schemes. Uh, and it looks like uh, Pope, Pope Francis is in the book. Uh, this, uh, like it says, uh, yeah, this is a humorous novel as opposed to just a straight thriller. So that might have been why I liked it. Uh, and But this one came out all the way. Well, the paperback came out in 82, uh, but I didn't read it until the 90s. I wonder if there's a picture because uh, I'm going to have to find a picture of that one. Because uh, I definitely don't. The, the one by, I think by the time I read it, it was a Robert Ludlum book. Yeah, so it looks like there's a bunch of different covers. I do see the cover I read. Uh, but yeah, he had a bunch of, obviously, he's had a lot of different re releases. Uh, there's even an older one that has like a thriller type uh, uh, one, like uh, Agatha Christie, that era. I guess that was the 80s, huh? I definitely read it during these this Bantam era, I think. Uh, and there are used copies. And I'm not going to read this one, though. I'm just going to try to read that, uh, the other one. But yeah, so this one, um, the cover, this is The Road to Gandolfo. Oh, of course, when I click on it, it brings up another cover. That's not what I wanted. Uh, this one, it looks like it says Robert Ludlum up on top. It's red with, like, eccentric circles. It says Road to Gandolfo. The scintillating, how do you say that? Scintillating national bestseller by the author of the Aquatine Progression. And it shows, like, a person like the Pope getting on a helicopter, as far as I can see, uh, which isn't that great, you know. So that's that's interesting. Um, so let's see. I go to um, Robert Ludlum's author page. He's in a uh, he's standing in front of a marsh in a, uh, a raincoat, uh, which looks familiar. So that must have been on a lot of his books. Yeah, and this doesn't really have any pictures. So let's jump back to uh, his page here. So that's the road to Gandolfo. Probably, but these sound like books I would have enjoyed, particularly with uh, like the, the the streak I'd been on. Because in high school, that's when I discovered Kurt Vonnegut and uh, Douglas Adams, which was strange. But those were what I was reading during the school year for pleasure. This was in the summer. These were like my summer reads. And of course, we don't judge people's summer reads. So then. After that, I guess they probably would have gone through the other two born books next, which would have made sense. Uh, so would I have jumped back to born number one? I guess so, which is the born identity. And so I would have read this in the, in the 90s at some point, but it came out in 1980. The spy, so this is full on, uh, uh, what do you call it? And I think the born movies were a little bit, I mean, they were set in the whatever aughts, right? Yeah, but it was a spy thriller uh, with Jason Bourne, a man with remarkable, remarkable abilities. Uh, and everyone's trying to catch him. 
gotta catch them just like pokemon you know just like pikachu feels gotta catch them all or pokemon whatever those you know jason Bourne was the original pokemon he said but it was all gotta catch him instead of gotta catch all gotta catch him instead of gotta catch them all uh, the, the Peter Cannon of Publishers Weekly said The Born Identity is one of the best spy, spy novels of all time and uh, with, uh, up there with Lacar, Lacara his uh, spy who came in from the cold it was a television movie of the same name with Richard Chamberlain and Jacqueline Smith uh, and then a 2002 uh, Matt Damon film uh, let's see. So, a preface of. Uh, oh, there is a real Carlos the Jackal, I guess. So, I'm just trying to figure out too much without ruining the point, not reading the plot. I don't remember. I, I don't remember anything about the plot. Uh, uh, let's see. The name born. Uh, I don't want to look that up because I don't want to. I mean, I'm not super worried about uh, spoiling it, but. That's interesting. It was a 1988 television movie uh, and a 2002 film uh, that was only loosely based on the central premise. And I'm trying to find the cover. And now we'll try to find the cover of the book because the one on Wikipedia is definitely not the one I read. So uh, definitely from being a librarian, remember the two more modern versions of the book or actually three. Uh, I definitely read it in this, uh, again, the Bantam era. I think that's the name of it, because uh, this is definitely the one I read. It was red. It says it's the same as the other Bourne books that I read. It has a big Robert Ludlum, the Bourne identity, then a shell with the railroad tie, and some, oh, maybe a person's head. I don't know if that's a person. I mean, isn't it always they're trying to find, like, uh, their child or the lost love, uh, how come, here's the thing that a mother might say, or a grandma, you know, how come they're not trying to, how come Jason Bourne's not trying to get home and find his mother? And to check on her, you know, she's been wondering where he is. He hasn't called in 25 years, and, uh, or whatever, 40 years, and she'd like to know that he's doing good. Uh, the Bourne caller ID or something, like, call your mother already, uh. What are you searching for your lover for when you could find your mom? And, you know, you know, just check, just come in and check in already. Or, you know, I know, oh, I'm a dad. Okay, please, you know, what about his sister or his best friend or his dad? Oh, plays ball with his dad. Okay. Uh, but I think his mother would be the most, uh, you know, likely. They would just get the most, most like, say, hey, already call your mother, uh, but then there was a born supremacy. The book came out in '96. Again, I don't think I read this till the um, '90s at some point. Yeah, let's see. So some of this, uh, I just saw Treadstone, which I know is one of the things from the movie. Uh, it's the second Jason Bourne novel, the sequel to Born Identity. Precedes, of course, the Born Ultimatum. Uh, gave its name to the second film. Uh, it was completely different plot, though, so that's good news for anybody that doesn't like spoilers. Uh, so I don't want to do any like spoiling here either. Five hundred ninety-seven pages in the first edition. 
uh, starts in Maine. A lot of plot, a lot of plot on Wikipedia. That's all it is. Uh, let's look it up, though. Let's take a look at the cover. That's what I'm interested in. Are, are we right or are we right? Uh, here we go. So it's coming up here. You know, good old images. Uh, image search is good for this stuff. Okay, I'm not seeing a one I recognize reading the book. Uh, so at this point, I, I was probably on my own to find these books, which we go to the bookstore. Oh, maybe it's this one here. Huh, that's strange. Like, usually, you know, I don't remember much, but, you know, I'm a, since I'm a visual... Oh, here we go. I found it. Uh, oh, no, that's a born ultimatum. I'm looking for the supremacy, dudes. Oh, here it is. I found it. Uh... Uh, something, it's a, a kind of a blue and a neon hot pink. And it says a born supremacy and has the shell with the railroad thing. And I can't really see in this picture what it is. There was an earlier edition, or the original edition, which had a more uh, stylized cover with maybe a picture of Jason Bourne and then... Uh, what looks like a painting of a woman's head. Yeah, and then I guess I wonder what, if Matt Damon's on the cover, is it like a... Is it the original Jason? I mean, I'd be disappointed if I saw the movie. I'm just being honest. And then I went and uh, the book was nothing like it. I mean, some people could be surprised. Oh, another thing I forgot is that one thing I was impressed with, uh, just because I'm who I am, is that almost all the books uh, started with the... the Except for one book from 1973, uh, so which is uh, Trevane or something. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Which I think was made into a movie. So let's see if I could go through these and think about which ones I've read. This the first book was the Scarlatti Inheritance. I probably did read that just because I probably did at some point say let's just go through these in order. Or it was like one way to say, to, to like set myself at the bookstore. Because this was back in the 90s. You had to go to the bookstore to buy books. And I think it was someone like Ludlam. And, and it looks like they had done a reprint right around the time I discovered it. It was probably pretty easy. So Scarlatti Inheritance, probably. What was it about? Probably some kind of heiress. Uh, I don't know, or some sort of, I don't know, We'll maybe we'll look into it. Osterman Weekend, probably, that was a movie, though, that I've never seen. Uh, the Matlock Paper, definitely. Trevane, I don't remember. Cry of the Halidon, maybe. The Reinman Exchange, maybe. That one is not a very, I mean, a couple of these, you say. Okay, Matlock Paper, that's good. Scarlatti Inheritance, I don't know why I like that name, but I'd say, yeah. Osterman Weekend, I'd say, well, Matlock Paper, that's, even without Matlock, because you'd say, okay, Cry of the Haladin. I don't know, there's something in there that's not, and same with Reinman Exchange. Uh, Road to Gandolfo, Gemini Contenders. Now, that's a good... I don't even know. I definitely read that. That's probably about twins that are up to no good. I read that. Uh, these ones I definitely read. Chancellor Manuscript, uh, The Holocroft Covenant, Maltrace, Maltrace Circle. Because that almost sounds like the Maltese Falcon. Those are all good. I definitely read those. A Parsifal Mosaic. Uh, I don't even know. That one's hard to... 
but I probably read that. Aquitaine, uh, uh, these are hard to say, too. Aquitaine, Tain, Progression, maybe. Inborn Supremacy, Icarus Agenda, definitely read that, probably just because I like Icarus. Uh, Born Ultimatum, read that. Road to Omaha, read that. Scorpio Illusion, probably. Yeah, just that's a great title, Scorpio Illusion. You say, yeah, I'm not. A, I wasn't born. I was born in a totally different month. It was totally an illusion. Uh, Apocalypse Watch, probably. Moultrie's Countdown. Now we're in the late '90s, so probably I didn't read any of these after this. Hades Factor, Prometheus Deception, Cassandra Compact, and Sigma Sigma Protocol, Paris Option, Jansen Directive. Uh, Tristan Betrayal, The Altman Code. So I don't, definitely didn't read any of those. Prometheus Deception would seem like something I've read, or Hades Factor. But I don't think I read any of these after uh, nine. Maybe Apocalypse Watch might have been the last one. Uh, but I'm not even sure about that one. So let's look at that. Let's just look at a couple more. Oh, it's a TV movie. That's why, probably. Virginia Madsen and Patrick Bergen. Uh, oh, it's the second of uh, people that are up to no good. Uh, Drew Latham. Uh, this was, uh, I think maybe I did read these or maybe I did see the movie because, uh, let's see the first book. The Holocroft Covenant was in 78. Uh, uh, oh boy, this is, yeah, this is, um, it seems like it's uh, pretty, like, uh, yeah, this one is, uh, actually, yeah, so this one's, um, just tough stuff that he covers any of this stuff, holy cow. Um, of course, with these titles, so some of them are like, uh, okay, let's see a Scorpio Illusion, because they said that's a pretty good one. Uh, suspense, drama, action, and thriller. Tyrell Hawthorne, naval intelligence officer, one of the best. Called out of retirement. So yeah, this is I guess where you start to see where I'm like, okay, the the, the uh, what is it like? They keep calling people out of retirement. It says this novel consciously draws on Freudian theory uh, to add depth to uh, the dominant characters. Uh, a factual error error in the novel. So not too much on there. Came out in '93. Probably read this one. Uh, but not on the cover they have there. Uh, let's see, Icarus Agenda, that would be another one. Probably not going to read any of these. This one looks interesting, though. The cover is not one I read, the first edition. It shows a White White House with, like, uh, either, like, lightning bolts, bolts coming out from it. Uh, let's see, Evan Kendrick, a congressperson from Western Colorado... Uh, friends with the Sultan of Oman. Uh, uh, go, un, you know, somebody goes undercover. Uh, well-known architect. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds. Uh, I don't know. Should, maybe I should, should I read the Born? Was going to read the Born Supremacy, right? Let's see what this Parsifal, Pars, Par, Par, Parsifal, yeah, I think that's how you say it, Mosaic. Uh, Michael Havlock, uh, 
Counselor Ops, uh, uh, Love of His Life, uh, uh, I definitely read this one, K, you know, KGB, this one's a spy novel, whole nine yards, came out in 82, I mean, I read it in the 90s, but... Uh, so you can kind of see there's usually one uh, torn, you know, ma- main character, you know, torn loyalties, uh, family thing, and then uh, yeah, let's check the Maltrace, Maltrace Circle. Probably read this one. Anthony Blackburn. Uh, uh, oh, no. His uh, two people, separate people uh, go to the big farm. And then Brandon Schofield. Uh, and oh, they have he has to team up with Vasily uh, uh which they never got along, and now they have to work together. So, those are I like that idea. Uh, oh, some in Washington and forced into retirement instead. So, this might also have uh. Uh, yeah, definitely like uh, like spies, mafias. These are a bit like those throat, like uh, like Pulp Fiction. I mean, those books, that style of book, like actual thriller novels, like the ones that are a bit like westerns. Uh, yeah, let's finish up with the Gemini Contenders. This came out in '76. Uh, Italian Alps, mysterious cargo. Uh, and a secret brotherhood of priests uh, trying to locate the cargo. Okay, so this sounds like uh, so Gemini contenders. Where's the Gemini's? Uh, uh, immensely wealthy family, you know, secret order, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, yeah, it jumps. Oh, brother versus brother. Here we go. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's like each brother's searching for it. One's good, one's not good. So, it's, you know, remember that was, uh, was that in the 90s or the aughts when that, uh, were those books that came out that were really popular that Tom Hanks was in the movies about? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Bloodlum was my version of that, but he had more books uh, for me to go through. What was those called? I have no idea. Uh, oh, I almost thought of it. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, those books. Right. But those ones were more. Everybody was like, the Da Vinci Code came out super popular and it hit super uh, tangential discussions about it. And then the next couple books uh, came out too. So, anyway, I don't know. This is interesting. A little interesting stroll uh, through some of my, uh, like, not childhood reading. I guess it was in my 20s. Uh, uh, but, but uh, yeah, there's some reading I did as young. Well, yeah, it was as a tw- even though I was like whatever age I was, I was still a tween. Uh, uh, thanks. Good night. <laughs>